0: Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Thank you for joining us to lead, learn, and laugh. Learn market knowledge and best practices to lead your company's success. And that's whatever type of company you work with and laugh, I think we have to have some fun along the way. Well, hello, I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. Thank you for joining us. Remember, if you have any questions or comments related to this show or about any commercial real estate related issues, we do appreciate hearing from you. Our phone number is 888 612 Show. Our email is info at CREshow.com. You can also connect with us through Twitter, LinkedIn, or Smoke Signals. Yes, that's right. Just go to the <laughs> highest place in your city and look this way, right? Uh, well, you can find them all at the show website, CommercialRealEstateShow.com. Well, today we're going to discuss CMBS loan resolutions. Look, if you have an interest in commercial real estate, then the distressed real estate is something you deal with or you want to know about. Well today we'll look at CMBS loan resolutions including restructuring, extensions, payment modifications, discounted payoffs, short sales, and debt relief. Really been looking forward to this show. And I want you to please welcome my guest Ann Hambly, CEO with First Service Solutions. Founded in 2005, First Service Solutions was the first firm dedicated to serving as a borrower advocate for commercial backed securities. As a veteran of CEO, of leading commercial mortgage servicers, Anne Hambly recognized the need for a CMBS borrower advocate well before the collapse of the commercial real estate market. She's committed her career to utilize her thorough understanding of the servicing process to work for borrowers. First Service Solutions has completed more than $11 billion in CMBS restructures and CMBS assumptions on behalf of their clients. Ann Hambly, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Michael. I, I love your show and I appreciate the opportunity to be here.
0: Well, thank you. And uh, I'd like to kind of put it, the, the subject in perspective a little bit. You know, what are some of the current numbers for CMBS loans that are currently in default?
1: Well, there's about 60 billion right now in default and there's about 80 billion in special servicing and there's uh, just to give you the landscape there's 700 billion approximately of outstanding commercial real estate loans right now so for CMBS. So it's a little bit about, it's about a 10% default.
0: Okay, so there's plenty of work out there.
1: Plenty of work out there. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And what
0: about some of the loans coming due? And uh, what are the numbers for loan maturities this year and next year? Are there a lot of loans coming due that we're going to have to deal with?
1: Well, let me just put it in a bigger, uh, kind of bigger perspective. So there's 2.9 trillion of commercial real estate all all out there in the marketplace. Mm -hmm. There's a billion, excuse me, a trillion seven of that is maturing between now and 2017. And if you think about it this way, too, of the $700 billion of CMBS loans, about, um, I don't know, 85% of them, the majority of them, were originated between 2005 and 2007. Yeah. So they're all going to mature between now and 2017. So it's really staggering. Yeah.
0: And when you look at those maturities, how many of those do you think are underwater where the uh, properties are worth less than the loan amount? And then I guess there's another portion of those that, uh, maybe are worth more than the loan about loan amount, but they don't have the loan to value ratio or the debt coverage. They're not going. They're going to have trouble refinancing. Where do you think the, the struggles are? There, the numbers there.
1: Yeah, well, I, I personally I think the lar- a large percentage of all the loans originated in 2005 to seven that were are are underwater. So I think uh, you know I'd I'd say it's more than half are, are going to have trouble, if not even a higher number, are going to have trouble refinancing just because they're over leveraged today.
0: Okay. And we've had several shows on on bank uh, loans and workouts for bank loans, but CMBS is is a different animal. And can you share a quick description of CMBS loans and how the pooling of loans affects uh, CMBS loan for a borrower and how the classes of bondholders work and affects a, a borrower with a CMBS loan?
1: Yeah. I know you said the show was exciting, but that's kind of a boring topic, but I'll try to make it a little interesting. Our, so, our,
0: our listeners are intelligent commercial real estate people. They love it. So.
1: Okay, good. All right. Well, let, let's go for it. So, Well, if, you go to, if you're go a borrower and you go to a bank and you get a loan, then you've got, you've got a lender, you've got a banker you can go talk to, right? Um, but if the bank actually takes the loan, pools it together with other lenders' loans and then securitizes it in the secondary market, that's a CMBS loan. They sell it off to a bunch of bond holders. And the bonds are rated by the rating agencies at the time the pool is created. So a certain percentage of the pool is assigned a A bond all the way down to unrated. So A, AA, et A, etc. So the problem for a borrower is there's all of a sudden a whole group of bondholders they've never heard of, they don't honestly know about or care about probably, and vice versa. <laughs> uh, and so there's all these people now who will weigh into every decision they make on their real estate, and they, they did they don't even know who those people are. Yeah. So that that's really how CMBS works and how it's different for borrowers.
0: And let's talk about those people making those decisions on a CMBS loan. When you're a borrower and you have a problem, talk to us about c- controlling class representative, you know, if uh, in those separate bond classes, if the value of the loan is less than the loan balance, which bond class is making the decisions here. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's funny because sometimes borrowers call me and they say, well, I'm debating whether or not I need an advocate to help me because I, I personally know my banker at Wells Fargo who gave me my loan, and so I think I'm okay. And I think, well, do you, do you know who your special servicer is? Well, no, nope, never heard of them. And, and then even if you know them, do you know who the controlling class representative is? Because there's all kinds of people behind the scenes. So the, control, the way to look at it is that the highest rated bonds are the lowest interest earning bonds, They're AAA. They're like pension funds and things like that. Um, So they have a low risk tolerance. The lower the rated the bond, so the unrated junk bonds, obviously have a higher, healthier interest rate, but they have a high risk of having losses. And because of that, when people buy those low rated bonds, they say, well, if I'm going to have all the losses, I get to call the shots. So if there's a problem loan, I get to make the decisions. So the controlling class representative makes all the decisions on a loan that's in default, all of them and most people would never know who those people are. Now, they get to pick the special servicer, so often they are the special servicer, but sometimes not.
0: Okay, so maybe someone with no interest anymore in that junk bond, let's say, uh, doesn't have any more equity in this in this loan, is uh, the property's worth so little, they're making decisions w- when they're really, they're kind of wiped out, right?
1: Well, that's right. Now, yeah. the, current class, the current bonds, uh, CMBS deals that are out there, the the controlling class stays in position and stays the person who calls the shots as long as there's a dollar amount still left on their bonds. So it takes real losses passing through the pool before they're wiped out and, and the control changes to the next class of bondholders. Sure. So it's important, p- important point to note is that every, cl- every single day the lowest rated bondholder is the one in control. So that can change tomorrow, can change the next day, but it's, it's real losses that cause it to change. Going forward in the new CMBS 2.0 and 3.0 that we've heard a lot about, the control can change based on, uh, you know, anticipated losses going forward. Mm-hmm. So if you know economically that there's this property's underwater and it's just a matter of time, then the control can change. Today it doesn't, though.
0: So that can affect the decisions that, that the borrower, the lender may have on those loans, depending on who's controlling it at the time, right?
1: That's exactly right.
0: Okay. And let's talk about some of the larger special servicers. I mean, you have LNR, C3, CW Capital, to name a few. And what are some of the differences one might find with dealing with the various servicers? Are there m- m- any more that are more reasonable or easier to deal with?
1: Mm-hmm. I'll get shot for answering this.
0: It's <laughs> so, all right. We'll protect uh, you.
1: Okay. Thank you. Um, so these, these earphones, are they body armor that the, will protect uh, that me? They okay, are,
0: They are. They <laughs> have bulletproof glasses.
1: Oh, good. So. Okay. Okay. Well, then I can I can be honest here. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a big difference between the special servicers. And even within the special servicers themselves, there's a big difference in the person that you might get you appointed to the asset manager now at the end of the day there are checks and balances there's a credit committee that makes decisions but let me just give you an example let's say that i'm your asset manager and i've been assigned your loan and um, let's just assign me a personality of a difficult person <laughs> okay. and i'm going into the credit committee to make it mm-hmm. to to get your deal approved and i go in and go yeah, you know this michael bull oh my gosh well here's what he's asking for and mm-hmm. you know um, you can imagine that that sets the stage. If I'm going in and I'm saying, look, let me explain to you how amazing uh, this opportunity is, what he's done, what he's bringing to the table, there's just a different tone. So right. the person matters, let alone the special servicer.
0: Wow. Yeah, I guess that. And I like it when they, they talk really good about me. When you're <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, what about some of these loans that are, are being resolved? I mean, there's various ways to resolve these loans, and I guess some of them be, are being extended still. Uh, but maybe not as much as as they were being extended. Uh, and how many are kind of discounted payoffs? How many are foreclosed on, relatively speaking? How are these getting resolved?
1: Uh, the majority of them are getting modified, mm-hmm. and the reason uh, there's a, well, there's a, we're gonna I think we're gonna get into that in a little bit. There's a lot of reasons why, but a very small amount is coming out in the form of foreclosure and REO. The latest statistics were like you know 10 or something are foreclosed on and sold as REO. So they're getting modified.
0: Yeah, because they realize that's the that's a hard way to go. I mean, they're going to have a lot of losses when they do that, right?
1: Absolutely. That is the that is the absolute most uh, most amount of losses they can incur. Typically, time equals losses. So they're going to foreclose and sell it through an R.E.O. It's a long period of time, and it will equal bigger losses.
0: Okay, and we're going to talk about that timing and how that handles the decision process in a CMBS loan workout or modification. We're also going to cover uh, discounted payoff and short sales and other issues you might have with a CMBS, with a client, or with your own loan. So we'll uh, get right back and have more CMBS loan resolution information for you. I'm Michael Bull, and this is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit agg.com. And by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com. And by Resnick Group, a top 20 national accounting firm focused on real estate. Visit resnickgroup.com. welcome back i'm michael bull and this is america's commercial real estate show if you'd like to know the absolute latest on any commercial real estate related subjects check out our show podcast we recently produced separate shows on the reit market on senior housing a great show on tax credits and an interesting show on commercial real estate technology there are lots of interesting shows to choose from. Just click the tab shows on demand at show.com. Well, today we're exploring CMBS loan resolutions. My guest is Ann Hambly, CEO with First Service Solutions. And Ann, let's talk about uh, you first have a problem with a CMBS loan. You You have a problem or you're going to have a problem, you talk to the lender, and you find out they don't really want to talk to you. Your loan's not being classified as a default, they don't really want to talk to you, you're not getting their attention uh, because the loan is not with the special servicers. And uh, some borrowers have resorted to not paying their payments to their lenders to get their attention. That's not a good move with a CMBS loan, is it?
1: Well, I, I always tell people, I, I tell borrowers this every day when I talk to them, but I said, if let's just say, for instance, that your special servicer is the county jail, right? Because mm-hmm. might feel that way sometimes anyway. But right. So I want to get to my county jail. Well, I have two choices, maybe, maybe more than two, but two I can think of. One is I can drive up to the front of the county jail, I can walk in the front door and I can ask to see the jail. Or the other is, I can go 100 miles an hour in a school zone, and I'll probably get to see the county jail, too. I'll get there both ways, but I'd prefer to pull up to the front door and go in the front door on my own volition. So an imminent default is a much better way to get their attention than missing a payment. That is definitely not the right way to do it.
0: And let's talk about imminent default. So you have to let the lender know that you're going to have a problem. It's coming, it's headed down the pike, and so how do you do that?
1: what you do is just it's just that simple you really notify the the special or excuse me the master servicer that that it is a matter of time before you default but that you're giving them an early warning um, so there's a real life situation a real life problem and you're not going to continue to fund out of pocket and keep the loan current and so you absolutely have no choice but to default in the in the near future these are all non for the most part CMBS loans are non recourse so you can basically, um, you know, you don't have to keep coming out of pocket to keep the loan current. And so.
0: Yeah. So you have to share with them why you're having that hardship, right? Why you're not able to make these payments so they, they, they understand?
1: Yes, it's kind of akin to calling, I tell the hotel borrowers, it's kind of akin to calling 911. So um, you're just alerting them that there's really a fire, there's really a problem, and I need help.
0: So they have to determine if it's a worthy default, imminent default, if they really think it's going to happen?
1: Well, what they, it's kind of interesting because what they ultimately will want to do, the master servicer, if they can get you to continue paying out of your pocket mm-hmm. on this size loan from now to maturity, they'd much prefer that. Absolutely. So, yeah. Right. So there's times they may, uh, oh, I don't know, play chicken with you a little bit yeah. to see if you're really serious. But yeah. uh, through convincing, you can generally um, make them aware of the problem and and get them to transfer your loan via an imminent default.
0: Okay, and Ann, you mentioned that CMBS loans are typically not recourse, but these loans do have carve-out guarantees or bad boy carve-outs, as some people call them. What are the things that a borrower should do and and maybe shouldn't do to avoid these carve-outs that could cause personal guarantees to come into effect?
1: Yeah, boy, that's a big, that's a great question. There's there's a little, there's some current issues uh, in the marketplace that you'll hear about, but for the most part, here's the way it works. So they're non-recourse loans, which means that the lender's option in a default is to take the property back That's instead of a recourse loan where they can take the property and or come after you personally. So right. they take the property back. Now, there has to be these carve-outs that says, yeah, but if you lie, if you steal money from the property, if you burn it to the ground, if you do something to cause the value of my collateral to, to go away, then I, then I come after you. So they really are bad boy events. Some people have concern that they're just, ooh, if I accidentally do one thing a little wrong, they're going to come after me. That's not that's not what they're there for. So it, it's a bad boy event, on purpose, and that's why they're called that.
0: Okay. So if I just quit paying my net cash flows, that may or may not be a, a bad boy carve out? Right? It
1: usually is not a okay. bad boy carve out. Now, if, if you're taking the pro- money... And you're distributing it and buying yourself a yacht, you know. Then, then it might be yes. But I mean, as long as you're doing things above board and and you're, uh, you know, for the most part keeping the property in good order and and sending in cash flow, then you're you're probably not tripping a out Yeah.
0: I better move my yacht. Uh, I need <laughs> to move that somewhere else. Was it a CMBS one though? Maybe not. No.
1: <laughs> uh, well, let's
0: talk about yeah. uh, the timeframes that. A borrower should expect if he's having a challenge with a CMBS loan and he needs to, to modify it in some way, uh, what kind of time frame should mm-hmm. he expect to deal with?
1: A long time. Long time. <laughs> it's actually on average about 6 to 12 months, hardly ever less than 6, almost always about you know, 6 to 12, um, and it takes patience.
0: Okay, so real estate people aren't usually patient, right? So developers, and they want everything now, right? So you've got to be patient in this process.
1: Yeah, I'm not normally patient, but I've learned that you have to be patient. There is a process involved. It's I had someone tell me once, it's kind of a funny story, that you can't line nine women up Get them pregnant and have them have a baby in one month. It takes nine months. You can't put nine people and have it in a month. And that's kind of how CNBS restructures. It's like
0: having a baby. It's that tough. Uh, yeah. I think it's
1: probably just that tough. Yes. Okay.
0: Well, what should a bar expect uh, for cash? Uh, Are they able to do some sort of workout uh, on a CNBS loan? Are they going to need some money?
1: You have to have money. Absolutely, Mm -hmm. have to have money. If if the special servicer here's here's the way they're looking at it, if if you as a borrower are coming to this problem and you're bringing money to, the, to, to help with the solution, then they're likely to work with you. If you're not going to bring any money to the solution, then they might as well do it themselves. So that, that's really what it boils down to. Right. It's that simple.
0: Right. If you're not providing cash, they'll just take it. Yeah, because you're not helping.
1: Yeah, and a lot of borrowers say, "Well, what about the millions I've been putting into it over the last few years?" And I always tell them it's sort of that expression of, "What are you going to do for me today?" I mean, it doesn't right. matter what you did yesterday. Unfortunately. Yeah.
0: Well, a lot of business decisions need to be made looking through the windshield, uh, and it doesn't matter what 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 was in the past. Well, let's talk about uh, pre-negotiation agreement. I mean, if you're if you're a, a borrower and you're going to start to talk to your CNBS lender about working out and doing something your loan to help you get through this problem time, uh, they're going to require you to sign a pre-negotiation agreement. What is the borrower agreeing to there, and do they have to do it?
1: Yes, they have to sign a pre-negotiation agreement, and often that's where I've had some deals derail right there. If you have a tenant in common structure and there's 25 investors and you have one that will hold out and not sign it, it will stop the restructure. They won't talk to you without it. A uh, pre-negotiation agreement, I'm very visual, so I always like to put some, something in a what I can picture. A pre-negotiation agreement is like an Etch-a-Sketch. So the pre-negotiation agreement is taking the Etch-a-Sketch, flipping it over, and shaking it so that, boy, do they still have Etch-a-Sketches anymore? <laughs> I thought that's I probably that. with iPads, maybe you don't need them, but anyway, if they still have such a thing, that's what it's like. It's you're, you're wiping the slate clean.
0: And I guess you're you're agreeing not to file bankruptcy again. I guess are you are you agreeing? Uh, what else are you kind of agreeing to in there that your attorney might not like?
1: Well, the thing your attorney might not like is you're agreeing you're agreeing that you're not going to uh, pursue the lender under any um, lender you know liability. lender liability. So you're kind of waving your right to go after them legally. You're you're basically saying that everything that we talked about in the past, or that the master servicer told me, it's all it's we're going to start all over. It doesn't count. Um, you're also, uh, the pre-negotiation agreement often makes you say that you are in default, mm-hmm. and that often is a, is a stumbling block also because if you got there via an imminent default and you're not really in default, uh, attorneys have a hard time uh, allowing you to sign a statement saying you're in default. So there, there are some stumbling points to it, yes.
0: Okay, and we're short on the break here, but will some of these special servicers negotiate those uh, agreements slightly?
1: Slightly, and that's such a key word because when you get into long debates about the pre-negotiation agreement, it's a pre-negotiation agreement. Right. You have to wonder how the negotiation will go.
0: Okay. Well, if you have any questions about loan resolutions or a comment, tweet me. Uh, It's at Bull Realty. We have a lot more in store for you. I'm Michael Bull, and this is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit agg.com. And by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com. And by Resnick Group, a top 20 national accounting firm focused on real estate. Visit resnickgroup.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Ball, and this is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. If you're in any business related to commercial real estate, help our listeners connect with you. Post your services and contact information on the show's free professional directory. You can find the directory at the tab Professional Directory at the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Today, we're exploring CMBS Loan Resolutions, my guest is Ann Hambly. She's CEO with First Service Solutions. And Ann, I'd like to talk about the decision process for these CMBS lenders. So if you're a borrower, you have a CMBS loan issue, you need to analyze what the lender may be willing to do, right? So what might a lender consider? uh, When they might consider extending the maturity or adjusting the payment versus a debt deferral or a partial debt forgiveness on a deal? How do they make those decisions?
1: Well, that is absolutely the key question I think I get asked every single day, and that's probably one of the main benefits in having an advocate because mm-hmm. um, when you sit down with the special, well, you don't sit down with them, but when, you, when they first uh, speak to you, the first thing they ask you is, what do you want to order? What, what is it you want? Mm-hmm. And I always say it's kind of like sitting down at a restaurant and they've got the white tablecloth, and they, the waiter comes over and says, what do you want to order? And you say, well, I, I don't have a menu. I don't, I don't actually know what you serve yet. And they say, well, can't tell you. So, okay, well, then I'll, uh, hmm, I'll take chicken. Okay, well, we don't have that. Okay, well, uh, then hmm, I'll take, uh, I don't know you know, a steak. We don't mm-hmm. have that either. So that's kind of what the process feels like. So that is the number one question every borrower says is, what are my options? What can I do? So think of it this way. The decision tree is a little bit like this. If I were going to oversimplify it, there's a million varieties under chicken on a menu, but let's just oversimplify it for a minute. So you've got uh, a loan that's currently uh, not performing. That's Mm -hmm. the premise, of course. Mm -hmm. So the first question is, is it underwater? Is the value less than the debt? If the answer to that is no, it's not underwater. It's just a temporary cash flow issue, then you're probably looking at a payment modification. That makes sense. That's the easiest, of course, of all. If you've got a loan that's maturing and you just can't pay it off, you're looking at an extension. Now, in between all that is where a lot of the stuff lies. And so then the question you have to ask first is, is the property underwater? If the answer is yes, it is underwater, then the next question is, okay, will it likely recover its value by maturity? Mm -hmm. The answer to that is yes then you're looking at debt deferral because you don't want to write it off. It's going to come back. It's just, it just needs time. Right. If, However, the answer to that question is the property's underwater, but it's not going to recover its value. It's just been over leveraged for a long time. <laughs> then you gotta do debt forgiveness. And there's lots of ways to do debt forgiveness, discounted payoffs, note sales. Uh, we can talk about all that I think in a minute, but that's the basic uh, way that you know what your options are.
0: Okay, well, that makes sense. And let's talk about uh, net present value. I mean, the the lender is looking at the value of the property and then they've gotta make a decision if, if they did take it back, you know, what, what's the result gonna be there? So can you share how servicers uh, make decisions around net present value?
1: Yes, um, I definitely can do that, and it's uh, a little complicated for this setting, but let me so let me describe it very generally. Um, because, remember, again, the controlling class certificate holder, representatives calling the shots, they're the ones to have the first loss. Um, I remember back in the beginning of this industry when we created CNBS, we thought, hmm, that might be a conflict. <laughs> <laughs> they might be motivated to make a decision that might not benefit the other bond because they all have different motives, right? So we created a rule, kind of a a golden rule or servicing standard that they must comply with when making their decisions. And it's a a safety guard, if you will. Um, And what it says is they've got to make a decision based on whatever will yield the bondholders, all of them, the greatest recovery. Makes sense. It's that easy. Now, the way they calculate that is they take their own uh, foreclosure and sale scenario. So if they foreclose and they sell, um, it's gonna yield them a certain amount of money. They have to net present value that to today.
0: Let's talk about that for a second. So, So they look at their valuation of the property, maybe broker's opinions of value, maybe appraisals, but then they have to figure out, all right, well, that's the value of the property but, but what other costs are we gonna have if we foreclose? Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, well the difference, is so like a bank loan, the cost of foreclose might just be the cost of foreclose. On CMBS, the cost of foreclose includes the cost of keeping the bondholders current during the whole time you're doing it.
0: That's very key.
1: Very the- key. Yeah. So the, 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 the time involved in foreclosing will absolutely impact uh, the net present value tremendously.
0: Okay, so they're looking at the foreclosure costs. They're looking at the management costs. They're looking at uh, the cost to get there. Then they're also uh, looking at how long it's going to take to get through that process because when they're going through that process, the special is having to pay the bondholders. That's right. Okay. All right. Well, great. We're going to get more intel for you on CMBS Loan Workouts. Stay tuned. Uh, you're going to get some great information. I'm Michael Bull. You're listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference, visit AGG.com. And by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate, visit France Media Inc. And by Resnick Group, a top 20 national accounting firm focused on real estate. Visit ResnickGroup.com. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We've been working on some incredible shows for you uh, coming up soon, including separate shows coming up on Office, retail, industrial, and the multifamily markets. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Sign up for a a once-a-week email announcing the show topic at CommercialRealEstateShow.com. Well, today we're exploring CMBS loan resolution issues. My guest is Ann Hambley, CEO with First Service Solutions. And Ann, we've talked about the time frame that CMBS Lender is going to take into account when they're making these decisions based on the foreclosure process in each state. Tell us a little bit about that and how that differs state to state.
1: Yeah, well, the best way to describe the difference mm-hmm. is let me give you two states. So New York, it takes, um, oh, I don't know, like 445 days uh, in a perfect world. Wow. So it's backed up a little bit. So call it two years in the court system to foreclose, okay? So those same two years, the special servicers keep in the bondholders current, right? Now let's go to my my state of Texas, and they can shoot you on the first Tuesday (laughs) of every month. So there's no playing around in Texas. So you uh, there's a huge difference, obviously. You don't mess with Texas. That's exactly right. I have one of those posters, I think, too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, So they got to look at that cost of that time frame, and not only those cost of holding or what might happen to the property and those sort of issues, but paying those uh, bondholders.
1: That's right. So, so, like, in so you have two two properties exactly the same, exact same owner, and you put one in New York, one in Texas you're going to have a very different outcome.
0: Right. Okay. Uh, Well, let's look at the the plans. If you're trying to work out a plan, you know, the servicer uh, has a defaulted loan. They want to know that if you're going to control the asset and extend the term or restructure the loan, they want to see a realistic plan from a borrower. Tell us what should be included in that plan for best results.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Uh, They should, um, number one, it's got to be a, a couple key things. One is, what's the value today? Now, a lot of borrowers say, well, I don't know. Okay, but we have to take an educated guess. We have to start somewhere. Where's where's the value today? Where's it going over the next few years? How's it going to get there? And what's the cost of getting there? Where's that cost coming from? And then most importantly, what's an, what's your exit strategy? How are we all getting out of this? It's that it's pretty much that simple. Okay. So, it's value, it's all value driven. Value today, value in the future, how do we get there? What's the cost of getting there? And uh, again, exit strategy.
0: And what's going to maximize the value to the bondholders.
1: That's right. And all of this is reviewed under that uh, scenario.
0: Okay. Let's talk about discounted payoffs and and short sales. If if a bar is looking to refinance a property with a new lender at a discounted payoff with existing lender, or they want to structure a a joint venture with a partner, uh, or maybe they just want to sell the property on a short sale and get out of it that way, what is the best way to go about that with a CMBS loan?
1: Yeah, they... um, the the way to answer it I think really is that the special servicer does not care where the money comes from to pay them off. So let's let's let me back up a little bit and say so we've concluded I think when you talk about short sale discounted payoff, et cetera, we've concluded that a debt deferral is not the right solution. So we've concluded that it's just upside down. Just yeah, the value's
0: not going to be there before it matures. Yep. It's just upside down. So we've got to do something more drastic, so just right?
1: Just call it a day and right. figure out how to get out of it, right. right? So we figure out an amount with a special servicer. So what's the amount they'll settle on? And then the bottom line is the money could come from the borrower. And in that case, it's a discounted payoff. The money could come from the borrower, but the borrower buys the note. It's a note sale. They would do it for tax reasons. Uh, the money could come from a third party, and that would be called a short sale. The borrower could go rob a bank. It doesn't matter <laughs> where the money comes from. They just want to be paid off at a certain amount of money.
0: Okay, and we're not recommending bank <laughs> Especially in Texas, right?
1: Yeah, where they'll shoot you the next Tuesday, right. Yep.
0: And, and let's talk about it. Uh, I think one thing that's interesting about CMBS versus bank loans is the fact that, from what you're saying, you go to the lender, you, you show them the value, you show them the plan, you show them the cash flow, you show them the leases, and you work out what that discounted payoff is up front before you go try to sell the asset, right?
1: That's correct. Absolutely.
0: Okay. So that means that if they don't care where the money comes from, you could get a lower payoff than maybe you sell the property for, especially in those states where you have a long foreclosure process, right?
1: That's correct. Absolutely. So
0: there still could be some cheese for the... The, the, the developer in that deal, right? Right. The sponsor could still maybe get some, you know, I know when a lot of times in the bank loans and they say, hey, we're in trouble, you know, come help us. And, you know, are you looking for some cheese still or you're trying to get out of the trap? And with a bank loan, the banks don't like to see that the, the uh, developer getting any cash. But in CMBS, they're just trying to maximize the value for the bondholders, right? So once you, you negotiate that payoff, if the original sponsor gets some money, they're okay with that.
1: They're just looking to see who moved their cheese. <laughs> that's right. And I, we, we did a deal not that long ago where the where they had this exact example. Do you want me to yeah, walk give, you through yeah, that? Yeah, give
0: me an example of that. I think that's very interesting for listeners to hear that.
1: Yeah, and, and it's important to know that this property was in New York, and I think that's one of the key reasons. It was an empty building in New York. Mm-hmm. So not only did you have to keep borrowers, uh, the bondholders, current the whole time, excuse me, but you had to also you had carry costs of the building, empty building. You had no income coming in. So, you now factor in that it's going to take two years to foreclose, another year to sell, and all of a sudden your net present value is is a significantly lower number than the current value of the property. Okay. Right. So, the, so, the borrower sold it for the current value, let's say, and the special servicer accepted something greater than their net present value, but there was enough money there, absolutely, to allow the borrower and sponsor to put money in their pocket, and everybody says, well, how would they let you do that? Well again, it's based on what will get the bondholders, all the bondholders, the most amount of money. And this was a win 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 for everybody.
0: Right. Yep. So if the net present value was decided was say twenty million dollars, but the appraisal of the property was thirty million and that developer gets that negotiated at twenty million, but he's able to sell it at twenty five well, the, the, you know, they still they got 25 million for it so they were 5 million better than if they had foreclosed. They're they they that's great, right? Exactly. With their job.
1: That's exactly right. Right. Exactly.
0: But, all right, but the original sponsor may still get the difference between the selling cost and the and the 5 million.
1: They would. Right. They would. Absolutely.
0: That's interesting. Well, yeah. you heard it here on the Commercial Real Estate Show. <laughs> now you know. All right. We're going to have to take a short break, but we have more intel headed your way on CMBS loan resolutions. I'm Michael Bull, and this is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit agg.com. And by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com. And by Resnick Group, a top 20 national accounting firm focused on real estate. Visit resnickgroup.com welcome back i'm michael Ball, and this is america's commercial real estate show do you utilize social media like twitter or linkedin Well, a typical challenge with social media is finding good content right well you're invited to use this show as informative contact for your social media endeavors there's a share bar on each show page just click it and share great knowledge with your connections Speaking of knowledge, today we're exploring the CMBS loan resolution issues. My guest is Ann Hamley, CEO with First Service Solutions. And when should a borrower get an attorney involved in this process?
1: Well, they'll need an attorney involved the whole way through, but you want the attorney not to be the frontline negotiator with the special servicer, because if you do have them as the frontline negotiator, then the special servicer will get their attorney involved. So, then you'll have attorney-to-attorney combat. So, attorney needs to be there, Um, but they're going to be primarily there to uh, review any legal legal notices that you receive, and and mostly to document the the end result or the modification that you get.
0: Okay, that makes sense. You don't want it to start out adversarial.
1: That's correct, yeah. Okay.
0: And uh, what if a CNBS lender has put a receiver in place to control the asset? Is the borrower out of the picture at that point, or might they still have the opportunity to resolve a loan with some benefit to the borrower?
1: They're not out of the picture at all, and there is absolutely still some benefit. Take that New York property I told you about that was empty. Mm -hmm. Carry costs were $3 million a year. So the borrower either had to come out of pocket for that money, uh, wasn't willing to, or a receiver was appointed. So it was be- it was a benefit to both parties to get the receiver involved. So right. sometimes it's a benefit.
0: So there was a receiver involved in that one? There was. Okay. Well, what are some uh, other uh, tips or advice you would give our listeners that are in a CMBS loan issue?
1: Well, I always say... It's almost like, I know if you're a borrower and you're, especially if you haven't been through this process before, a lot of these borrowers are, you know, borrowers who have made all their payments in the past and have been good borrowers and are very concerned with what to do, um, yet they don't want to make the, the in, unintelligent decision of coming out of pocket to keep a loan current that's non-recourse. So they're, st- they're staring at this daunting challenge. I say it's like you're standing at the base of Mount Everest, you're looking to climb it, and it would be like me standing at the base of there today. I, I'm I'm not equipped to climb it. I don't know how to get to the top. I don't even know the first thing. So you wanna hire a Sherpa. You wanna hire someone who's been there before, who knows what kind of equipment you need to get there, who can tell you when to stop and take a break and most likely how to get there without dying, right? And mm-hmm. How to get in shape before you start it. So uh, I think the number one thing I'd like to say, the tip is hire an experienced Sherpa to help you along the way. And you know, I, I'm. This is not a commercial, obviously, for my firm, but that's what my firm does, and I think it's important that a borrower has a knowledgeable advocate.
0: And what is the time frame? When should they have an advocate involving in uh, talk to someone like you?
1: The sooner, the better. So, if you, the, ideally, it's right at the point where you know you have an imminent default coming around the corner. Um, You don't want to be already in the county jail and and call (laughs) and ask what the speed limit was out there on the sign. It's a little late then. Not that it's too late, uh, but the sooner you involve an advocate, the better.
0: Okay. And if some of our listeners would like to access more information about these types of issues, what are some uh, resources out there for them?
1: Well, besides your show, obviously, (laughs) which has a lot of great information. Um, Our website has a lot of, I do webinars. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't do TV usually or radio, although I love this medium, but um, we have a lot of webinars, and uh, on our website, firstsss. dot I know you probably linked it on your
0: yeah, and that's uh, one s t s s s. dot com. That's correct. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um. So there's a lot of information there.
0: Okay, and there they can access some of the webinars and things, right?
1: That's correct. Yeah, you can replay them. If you have trouble sleeping at night, they're always a great, you know, remedy <laughs> for that. But <laughs> but they are they are a knowledgeable, you know, informative CMBS uh, shows.
0: Okay. Well, Ann, thanks for uh, spending some time with us today. We sure appreciate you sharing some insight with our listeners around the country.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And uh, if you'd like more information from Ann, like she said, her website is 1stsss.com, or we'll have the link for you always at commercialrealestateshow.com. Can you join us next week? Well, I hope so. We'll have another informative show, this time on the U.S. office market. Thanks for spending some time with us. I'm Michael Bull, and until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com. And Arnold Golden Gregory, a law firm that makes a difference. Visit agg.com. And by France Media, providing exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com. And by Resnick Group, a top 20 national accounting firm focused on real estate. Visit resnickgroup.com.